0: And so how many different huts?
1: It's four huts today Okay, with, um, yeah, 66 wines, so it's like uh, quite a challenge if you would like to try them all.
0: (laughs) From Eat Drink Fun, this is the Eat Drink Fun Podcast. I'm Chris Miller. This episode covers one of my favorite winter activities in the Italian Dolomites. It's the annual wine ski safari in Alta Badia. I dig into a bit of history about the Alto Adige Souturro region. I discuss the terroir, the climate, the types of grapes they grow, and how these combine to shape a really unique character in the local wine. I myself sip some favorites, Gewürztraminer and Lagrine. I also interview a restaurateur about the local foods, and then I ask about Latin culture which is not just a language, but itself a unique cultural identity in this part of the European Alps. So, what's a wine ski safari? It's pretty simple. You explore a number of beautiful alpine chalets on skis or snowboard. We're in Italy, so the chalets are called refugios. And at each refugio, you find a lineup of sparkling white and red wines. The wines are beautiful, perfectly complementing the 360 degrees high altitude Italian Alps all around you. It's actually kind of reminiscent of Lord of the Rings. And honestly, I really hope a similar event like this exists in New Zealand. They also serve one of my favorite hot alcoholic drinks, the Bombardino. It's usually someone's nona making it from some family recipe in the back. It's sweet egg liqueur spiked with brandy. Now, just think of the very best eggnog you've ever had. Now, multiply that goodness by 100 and top it with some homemade whipped cream. But really, wine is king here and it's world-class. It's still underappreciated for some reason. You can find it in your local wine shop if you're lucky. Look for the Sudtirol capsule on the top of the bottle. That's the German name for the region, Alto Adige. In fact, the majority of the population here speaks German, because after all, this was Austria until 1919. But about 30,000 locals speak Latin, which is one of the few Rado Romance language dialects still in existence. The wine ski safari I'm covering is hosted in a sub-region called Alta Badia. Alta Badia is comprised of several villages, but I prefer to stay in Corvara because it's close to all the action. Corvara, the Alta Badia region, and really the entire Dolomite Range is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. In fact, in 2009, UNESCO classified the Dolomite Mountain Range as a World Heritage Site. There are 18 peaks that rise above 3,000 meters. That's just shy of 10,000 feet. At the centerpiece is the Sella Group. It's a gigantic, plateau-shaped massive with sheer, vertical walls. You can ski around the entire massive in either direction, clockwise or counterclockwise. The tour takes at least half a day. It's about 40 kilometers long, or 25 miles. The circuit is famous, and it's known as the Salaronda. The village of Corvara is located at about the 2 o'clock position in the northeast corner of the Salaronda. I love Corvara for many reasons, but there are three big ones. First, it seems to be drenched in sun. The exposure is southern, and the valley floor is wide enough to let the sun shine all day long. Second, the slopes offer great opportunities for both beginners and experts. So if you're bringing along friends or family of different ability levels, everyone gets to have fun. And third, it's the food and the wine. The restaurants in, around, and above Corvara are truly world-class. Now, to understand a little history of Alta Badia as a ski destination, I'd like to start with a conversation that I had with a woman named Sylvia. Silvia is the product manager for the Alta Badia brand. And in that role, she's responsible for organizing the main tourist and cultural events that include the ski safari.
2: Alta Badia is formed by uh, six villages, which are uh, Corfosco, Corvara, La Villa, San Cassiano, Badia and La Valle. Uh, the history of our region probably begin, um in 1946, when the first chairlift was built in Corvara, the first chairlift of Italy. Hmm. In uh, Corvara. Yes, in Corvara. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And um, year by year, uh, many other uh, ski lifts were built to connect Corvara with the other villages. And then in the 70s, um, the, the Super Superski region was created. And nowadays, you can enjoy 1,200 kilometers of slopes with one pass.
0: I just want to unpack that one for a second. The Dolomiti Superski region is the largest on Earth. At 1,200 kilometers, that's 745 miles that gets groomed every single day. 12 different ski areas, 450 lifts, and it includes Cortina de Pezzo. The total price is 60 euro, or about 65 US dollars a day. It's a pretty sick value. I'll post links to the Salaranda ski circuit in the show notes. Once I got my ski pass, I headed up the slopes where I chatted with a member of one of the wine-producing families.
1: Hi, my name is Nora. I'm from South Tyrol, and my father and brother, they both uh, work in our wineyards, and we produce wine for the community winery in St.
0: I asked Nora to give me a little background on the wine ski safari.
1: Yeah, it's like a skiing day with friends where you can try different wines. Like today, we have sixty-six different wines from thirty-one wineries, like small wineries, private wineries, or also like bigger ones, and just to get like a taste of South Tyrol. Because if you go to a village and there is the local winery, you just have those wines, and with this event, you get to have like broader
0: exposure to, exposure
1: yeah. to all the wines we can that's
0: great and so yeah. how many different huts
1: it's four huts today okay with um yeah 66 wines so it's 66 like yeah uh, quite a challenge if you would like to try them all <laughs> yeah,
0: <right. laughs> and it's you get a bracelet for
1: for the whole day we have the bracelets the silver bracelets or you can also just have like three small wines and you get like this little ticket where we cross off your okay. taste
0: the tickets are great if you're just skiing through, but I always find myself spending the 30 euros, getting a bracelet, and making an entire day of it. You can get a good 90 minutes of runs in before the event starts at 10 a.m., and then you just ski from refugio to refugio, tasting wines, eating local cheeses, and suture or speck, which is a lightly smoked, salted, and air-dried ham, doing a little dancing, and then lounging on deck chairs in the sun until the lifts close at around 4.30 30. Nora also gave me some background on how winemaking works for most small producers and what grape varieties her family focuses on.
1: Yeah, in South Tyrol, we don't have huge amounts of land. Every family owns a bit of land, sorry. And this is our way actually to survive as farmers and winemakers so we can share the stuff we need for making wine. So not everybody has to purchase it on its own, but we produce wine as a Collective
0: winery, yeah. And what what wines are you primarily producing?
1: In South Tyrol, we really are really big on white wine. So, that's my family. We have uh, Weissburgunder, that is very typical for the region. Also Gewürztraminer, mm-hmm. that is a typical wine for the southern part of South Tyrol, and also a bit of Blauburgunder. And my family, especially, we own a really old vineyard okay. with Weissburgunder. And it's about 100 years old, so it's, like, really special. Wow, wow. It's a really typical wine for our region and one we really like and
0: appreciate. Indeed. These small collective producers, like St. Paul's, are making some fantastic wines. In fact, I posted a link to their Weisberg Reserve Reserva Passion in the show notes. Now, I want to take a minute to talk about what makes Suturo Alto Adige a unique wine region and why their wines are worth exploring. Wine people love to talk about terroir. It's a French term, and unfortunately, it tends to get abused. All it means is that a product like wine reflects the place that it came from. Everybody wants to claim that their wine reflects a unique terroir, but really, often it's just marketing. In Souterrol Alto Adige, though, it's real. And why is that? First, got to consider the climate. They have a moderate climate, which means they get all four seasons, but temperatures are really warm in the summer. And that's because the mountains actually block these northern cooler winds. That's great because the fruit can fully ripen in warm weather, which means you get more sugar and in the end you get more alcohol produced during fermentation. But chili nights are also good. Those grapes, they cool down on a cool night and that retains really essential acidity. In the end, this process called diurnal variation, it produces wines that are more balanced and more complex. Second, you have to consider terrain and soils. Now, the geology in Sutural Alto Adige is very unique, and it dates back more than 250 million years. First, volcanoes deposited ash and lava, sometimes thousands of meters deep. Next, warm seas came flooding in, creating coral reefs, depositing sediment, and creating large underwater rock slides. After more volcanic activity, the seas receded, and the European and African tectonic plates collided, creating the Alps. Finally, over the last two million years, there are four glacial periods— Now these glaciers reshaped the valleys and deposited over 150 different rock and soil types. This diversity of soil means that the plots adjacent to one another or even just around the bend of the mountain may have vastly different soils. And as a result, growers can plant many different varieties. Third, you got to consider altitude. The most important aspect of altitude here is greater diurnal variation. As the slope becomes steeper, The angle to the sun increases, and the sun's rays become more intense. At night, it gets even cooler at higher elevations. And again, this leads to better balance and more complexity in the wine. The bottom line is that by mixing this unique climate, soils, and altitude, the grapes that you think you know, they taste different in Alto Adige. I argue they taste better. Of course, Nora mentioned this is predominantly a white wine growing region. I'll highlight a few whites that I think are special, specifically Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, and Gewürztraminer. Now, Pinot Grigio's German name is Grauburgunder. In Sütirol, the difference here is in the grape clone. Further south, below the Alps in the Veneto, the clone is large, plump, and watery. If I had to equate it to a driving experience, it's like getting into a Toyota. It's comfortable, it's reliable, it's inexpensive. But Pinot Grigio and Alto Adige, they use a clone that is smaller and more concentrated. So it's like getting into a BMW if you're going to drink it. It's edgy, powerful, racy, fresh. So that analogy is a little bit silly, but I hope you get the idea. Next, I want to talk about Chardonnay. It's used to make both traditional method sparkling wines and still wines. So if you pick up a bottle of bubbly and it says Ferrari on the label, that is not the car maker. That's actually a very high quality sparkling wine producer near the town of Trento. As for still wine, one of my favorite Chardonnays anywhere is a blend called Beyond the Clouds. It's produced by Elena Valk. Now, that winery has an interesting story. Elena Valk was an architect before she took over the family operation and became instrumental in raising the bar of excellence for Alto Adige wines. It's not common to find a woman running a winery, and she's now handing over operations to her two daughters, Julia and Caroline. And if you're interested, there's a great interview on the Wine for Normal People podcast at episode 310, about the quality revolution in Alto Adige, and that interviews with Caroline Balk. But sitting in front of me is a beautiful glass of Gewurztraminer. So Gewurztraminer is indigenous to Souturl Alto Adige, and it has a special history, because it's the offspring of two of Europe's oldest grape varieties, Pinot and Sauvignon. In fact, it's a misque mutation of the Treminer grape. Whereas Treminer is pale and green and not very aromatic, Gewurztraminer is dark pink and very aromatic. People cite the literal German translation as spicy Tremener, but the more accurate meaning, I think, is perfumed treminer." When you look at it, it's a beautiful, golden, bright color. On the nose, the intensity of aroma is pronounced. It's coming out of the glass. And that predominant smell, which is kind of a tell for Gewurzt treminer, is lychees. You also get these warm fruit aromas. Think of ripe peach or apricot that's been left out on the counter in the sun. Let's taste it. Oh yeah, lychees, peach, apricot, even that overripe pineapple. This is not a sweet wine, probably only two grams of residual sugar, but the perfume makes you think you're drinking a wine that has a little bit more sugar in it. The acidity is medium on this wine, and that's one thing I think distinguishes it from Gewurztraminer from Alsace. In Alsace, and trust me, the French makes seriously fantastic Gewurztraminer. In Alsace, it, it tends to be a little thicker and a little oilier on your palate. In Alto Adige, though, because of that diurnal variation, you get a little bit more acid, I think, and the result is a fresher, more lifted wine. Even though this thing has 14% alcohol by volume, and that's pretty high octane, it really it doesn't weigh you down. Anyway, the wine I'm enjoying is produced by the Colterrenzio Wine Cooperative, which sources its grapes from over 300 different family growers. I found it at my local wine shop for about 11 euros, 12 US bucks. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. But for now, let's return to Sylvia from the Alta Badia brand to discuss how the locals conceived of transforming the region into a ski, food, and wine tourism destination.
2: They discovered that uh, perfect slopes are not enough to build uh, a unique experience for the visitors. So um, they thought, uh, what about about if we combine skiing with other experiences, like gastronomic experience, like wine tasting experience? so they tried um, and Sierra uh, Conguso, the initiative that uh, combine um, Michelin start uh, cuisine with uh, skiing, um, was created like 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. I said. Uh, and then other slowly other uh, slow ski products um, took place, started yeah, developing, start, that, yeah, started yeah. developing uh, like the wine ski safari.
0: After the break, we'll dive a little deeper on Chiada Congusto and Alto Adige's culinary events. And we'll also touch on some red wines and learn a little bit about Laden culture and food. If you're planning a trip to Europe, once you have permission, of course, and you want part of that trip to focus on wine, beer, spirits, or cuisine, then please consider contacting me at Drink Fund for a consultation. Especially if you're considering Germany, Austria, Switzerland, France, or Italy. I would be happy to work with you to build a unique itinerary and to coordinate the details with local vineyards, restaurants, and hotels. On occasion, I also provide personally guided trips centered around wine and food, both on skis and by motorcycle. You'll find me on social media at Eat Drink Fun, or you can send me a message at info at eatrinkfun.com. So, "Chiara con gusto," or in English, "Skiing with Taste," or a taste of skiing, was the first gastronomic event in Alta Badia. I asked Sylvia to explain the format.
2: It works like this: uh, there are ten uh, Michelin-starred chefs, which uh, are combined with each with a mountain hut. The chefs create um, a um, a dish, mm-hmm. uh, which is on the menu during all winter uh, long on the menu of the, uh, the hut.
0: This is just a crazy good event if you like both skiing and food. I came upon one of the huts this past winter while skiing with family. We enjoyed one of the best tortellini dishes of my life, and it was very reasonable at around 20 bucks. Some of the incredible talent includes three-star Michelin chef Norbert Niederkoffler of restaurant Sant Hubertus at the Hotel Rosa Alpina. He started his career in the region. You'll also find locally grown one-star Michelin chef Nicola Lera of Restaurant La Stua at the Hotel La Perla. Because she's also a local, I asked Sylvia what she prefers to drink.
2: If you ask me which wines are my favorites... Yeah,
0: if (laughs) if you're sitting down and you're living here, what do you Um, reach
2: for? I prefer um, red wines. So Grine is uh, a local South Tyrolean wine, which I I really like, and... uh, for the white wines, I would say Gewürztraminer is fresh, not so strong, so perfect for um, a ski day.
0: Obviously, I fully endorse Sylvia's Gewürztraminer call. But I'm also a huge fan of La In fact, it's my favorite red in the region. As I mentioned before, the climate and topologies support a large diversity of grapes. For light-bodied reds, you find both Pinot Noir, that's Blauburgunder or Spätburgunder in German, and Schiava, also called Vernatsch locally. Cooler climate Pinot Noir can be kind of simple and acidic. But in Soutirol, you achieve that full ripeness and higher alcohol. But because Pinot Noir is hard to grow, it has a thin skin and sunburns easily and it ripens late, it's often planted on western-facing slopes to limit the sun's intensity. Schiava is the same variety as Trollinger in Germany. It's a light-bodied wine. It has flavors that resemble red berries, cotton candy, or bubblegum. And in that way, it kind of reminds me of Gamay. I don't drink it often, but when I do, I like it chilled in the summertime with a hard cheese or dried meat. But coming back to La I have a glass of it here in front of me. The color is deep ruby, bordering on purple or almost black in the middle. The aromas, it's rich black plum, blackberries, and vanilla. On the palate, oh yeah, it is all dark fruit and a little hint of spice at the end. The tannin is medium, and this wine spends about 15 months in small oak casks before it's being blended. After blending, it goes another seven months in large casks, and then they rest it in bottle for 12 months before release. This wine is a Grind from J Hofstede, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But now, let's return to Sylvia to discover a little more about the unique aspects of local culture. What are some of the other things that maybe distinguish this area and make it... Um, differentiate it from another place.
2: There, yeah, there are, uh, many things, but I will say, uh, the first thing, first thing is, um, that we have our own culture, own traditions and our own language, uh, which is Latin. Right. So in our region, we speak, um, Italian, German, English and plus, uh, our local language, which is latin what is it is it called yeah.
0: is it actually latin or a no uh, latin? no
2: it's uh, completely uh, another sort of language yeah so
0: it's like in switzerland and uh, i think it's the Engadin they speak yeah. About, yeah, Romash, yeah yes, like something yes, like
2: that yes it's a um, type of latin i yeah,
0: think yeah yeah so, so just to hear it, I'm curious to hear it. Uh, <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me um, you know, I bought a ski pass and went to the ski safari this week or something like that. I don't or make something up, I don't
2: care. Um, I bought a ski pass and I was the safari l'última week.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be able to place that anywhere. You
2: you speak German. Did you understand something? No.
0: Only the words that are, you know, she pass and she safari, that's about it. So perhaps you can empathize with my all too familiar feeling of shame that I'm surrounded by people who speak three, four, five different languages fluently. And I barely speak two, if you count my broken German. But that's also what makes travel so interesting. It's a great learning experience and I'm continually going to school. To learn about some of the local food, I sat down with Melanie from the Mountain Hut Pizza Lara, which is run by her family. Pizza Lara has stunning 360-degree views of the peaks from Alta Badia to the Sella Massif. Besides hosting one of the wine tasting sites, they also have a very good kitchen. Melanie tells me a bit about their offerings. So in the beginning, what were some of the original, maybe typical regional dishes? The
3: dumplings. the dumplings. From the begin until the end, it's gonna be the dumplings, yeah. and they are still made by my mom, handmade. made it. We have different types. of. They are serving with goulash or the spinach dumplings with butter and melted um, and cheese and uh, cabbage salad. So these are the most traditional uh, meal of South Tyrol. I also asked if they mixed up
0: their menu from time to time.
3: It's a mixture because we have uh, like traditional meals like the turtres, who is a fried pastry, mm-hmm. uh, a Latin speciality, specialty, uh, made it with spinach and cottage cheese, served it with a barley soup, who are really the uh, farmer's uh, meals. Like we have also tartare, or my brother went uh, last um, holiday in Vietnam, he went back and he said, Melanie, let's do him spring rolls. And then <laughs> we started with homemade spring rolls. Or we have like polenta, who uh, is typically Italian. Uh, we have uh, pasta, of course. Uh, we have burgers as well, but uh, gourmet burgers. So we try uh, to have a big offer right. with local food, with international food to uh, make our guests happy.
0: And I was happy, especially if you like homemade desserts. We had the apple strudel, crispy on the outside, gooey on the inside, perfect. I asked Melanie a little bit about pairing local cuisine with the wine.
3: With a good glass of white wine, I would like tartare, because mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's and a It's beef tatar. Yeah, yeah, it's a beef tartare. And, uh, of course, our speck, our ham, yeah. and a bit of local cheese, because uh, with local wines, it's amazing something um, cold.
0: Honestly, it's hard to beat local cheese. What's
3: the cheese in particular, the name of the
0: cheese? Do you have a favorite? or?
3: From uh, I love cheese. I'm going to start <laughs> with like uh, goat cheese. I love goat cheese. Okay. I love uh, local one, uh, a little bit smoked or uh, as well the badia. Um, there are so many types of cheeses here. The yeah. gray cheese is also amazing. It's a, a low fat uh, South Tyrolian uh, cheese which really, really renowned.
0: Now gray cheese is a very special local delicacy. If you like cheese, you won't be put off by the fact it has a powerful penetrating smell. You also won't mind the fact that it looks like a loaf of bread. That's only because it has a layer of oxidized mold on the outside that gives the cheese its name. On the inside, it's a light-colored, delicate cheese that's delicious in the core of local dumpling dishes or on its own with some oil, vinegar, and onions. It's an extremely low-fat cheese made without rennet. All the good milk went to making butter. So what do you do with the leftovers? You make this delicious cheese. Now, no gray cheese is the same. Every farm and every mountain hut contributes its own part to this cheese culture with its own recipe. Order some cheese dumplings if you're in South Tyrol, and I dare you to tell me they aren't incredible. Now, I asked Melanie to summarize what else to expect if you visit the area.
3: Be hungry, because the the cuisine here in South Tyrol it's really delicious. And be thirsty as well because we have great wines, great beers, great
0: drinks. And it's year-round. I mean, the hiking here in the summer. It's
3: amazing. I prefer more uh, summer than uh, winter because I am uh, in love with hiking.
0: In fact, I heard that refrain from many of the locals. They actually prefer summer to winter. And I asked Sylvia from the Alta Badia brand what activities they're planning for the summertime.
2: In the summer, we are launching um, the um, summer version of the wine experience. It's called Sommelien Hut. Okay. And it works uh, very similar to the winter version, but it's growing. And in the summer version, uh, the difference mm. actually is that in the summer, uh, you make the experience just in one hut. Okay. Okay. And in winter, it's uh, a safari, so sure. you go from hut to hut. Okay.
0: So is it normally something that you do in a day then? Yes,
2: in a couple of hours, okay. you do uh, the, the wine tasting experience nice. in, nice. in these huts.
0: Is there anything on the horizon that's new?
2: Um uh, for the wine events, we have uh, actually uh, a similar event uh, all uh, winter long. It's called Sommelier on the Slopes. It works similar like uh, one ski safari, but uh, you can enjoy a tasting experience together with a ski instructor and a professional sommelier. So he can explain all the characteristics of the different wines.
0: And the sommelier skis with you? Sorry? Does the sommelier ski with you? Yes. Really? Yes. That's a
2: job.
0: Yeah. Skiing sommelier is a job. Oh, man. (laughs) And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I finally found out what to do with the rest of my life. Finally, I asked Sylvia, who is usually visiting the area?
2: Um uh, I would say our tourism base is still quite local it, like you said before um so we have many Italian uh, German and Austrian people we try to maintain that uh that portion yes um, but we are trying, of course, to go international. UK is growing very fast, so uh, um, Eastern European markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also trying to go slowly overseas, so mm-hmm. uh, focusing on uh, America, mm-hmm. uh, Canada and also East um, on the Eastern markets.
0: And with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check out the links I put in the show notes and at eatdrinkfun.com. And if you have the time, I really appreciate any positive review you can leave wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, maybe recommend a future episode, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at eatdrinkfun. You can also email me at info at eatdrinkfun.com. Thanks again to Sylvia and the Altapedia brand, to Nora at Keller St. Paul's, and to Melanie at Alpine Restaurant Pizzalara. The intro music is Pluck It Up by Dan Henning. Our ad music is Ice Cream by Joey Pecoraro, and this outro tune is also by Joey Pecoraro. It's called Write You. Hey, please stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands, mask up, and let's get traveling again. Until next time, here's to eating well, drinking better, and never forgetting to have fun.